it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 178. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk about a new interesting subject. We're going to talk about how to trade the vaccine volatility. Uh, last week, early in the week on Monday, we had some great news. We had a vaccine announced from Pfizer that could help with COVID. And because of that, the markets went nuts. And I think there was a huge, I guess, lack of a better word, euphoria surrounding the markets as well as probably me personally. And everything felt great. So there was a lot of volatility that week, though. So Andrew and I wanted to talk a little bit about how you could work some of that to your own magic. So I'm going to turn it over to my friend Andrew, and we're going to go ahead and have our little conversation. Yeah, sounds good. I think that was a good way to kind of set the table. Watch by the time this goes live next week, it's going to be old news, right? It's, it's not even going to qualify. <laughs> yeah. It won't even qualify to be fake news. It's just going to be old news. Nobody's going <laughs> to want to hear worse. about it. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, so the way I, you know, I'm getting a stock that, that's coming into my head right now. And it's it's very fresh for me because they released earnings tonight. 
And it's not the stock you think I'm going to talk about. It's a different one. This was my pick for the month for November. And ever since I picked them in November, they've gone pretty much straight up. It's been really nice. They've, they were up 12% up until today. And then they release earnings. And then I look and in the pre-market, they're down like 10%. So I'll still be up on the pick, but I think it's a good, it's a good illustration. And, you know, you mentioned Disney too, as a good illustration of just the way that the volatility is, is kind of working both ways right now. And so it's like, forget about Monday, which was just a crazy event all, all on its own. Pretty much this whole quarter for the last at least two months, ever since people started really buzzing about the election, volatility has been off the charts in the sense that you'll have these huge moves up or down from earnings. And if you're a more fundamental, uh, backwards-looking, historical-based investor, it's going to be kind of confusing to observe. And so I'm hoping by talking through some of those situations, we can provide context and some clarity so you can figure out what's going on when you see these big moves in your portfolio. Yeah, I, I that's that's a great way to put it. And it's, uh, I admit, I thought you were going to talk about another company. So <laughs> I was a little surprised. Well, let's the, talk about Disney then. The vol- <laughs> okay, Set we'll the table. What, what happened with uh, Disney? Well, Disney, so uh, everybody probably doesn't know, but uh, today, after after the market closed, uh, Disney announced their earnings for uh, the third quarter, I believe it was. And they came in, uh, air quote, better than projected. And after market, the company was up, I think, almost 8%. I think it's slowed down now to it's only up 4%. And the basic gist was, that the company still lost money for the quarter, uh, which means that I believe they will probably lose money for the year. And so that's kind of a big deal. Uh, this was the biggest loss that Disney has had since 1991, I read today. So that was another little interesting tidbit. Uh, of course, the majority of this is a direct result of the COVID pandemic and the parks, as well as the movies, all being shut down. And so those are two of Disney's bigger revenue sources. And of course, that's obviously hitting their bottom line quite hard, understandably. And it was, I was kind of talking to Andrew before we came on the air. And one of the things that I was remarking about was the fact that people were excited about the fact that keep in mind, Disney lost money. So they, they were, it, it lost money for the quarter, but people were excited because they didn't lose as much as they thought they would. (laughs) So I found that kind of entertaining. Some other good news that did come out from the, the results were the fact that Disney plus uh, had increased to, I think it was 72 million subscribers, which was quite astounding. And considering everything that's been going on, probably maybe not as surprising, but Needless to say, the Disney Plus has done quite well. As a matter of fact, I heard on CNBC today that Reed Hastings, who's the gentleman who runs Netflix, said that he was impressed. He thought that their subscriber growth was very impressive. Uh, and so I thought that's wow, that's that's kind of high praise coming from him. So I thought that was kind of cool. But 
apparently they also announced, I didn't catch this, but Andrew clued me into it. They also announced that they were cutting their dividend. So they would not be paying a dividend for this year. So that was kind of big news as well. So COVID has definitely impacted them big time, but here's the entertaining, not entertaining, but here's the, I guess, challenging part of being an investor in the stock market. So we had the vaccine news on Monday. Everybody was going crazy. Uh, you could just feel the euphoria across the country. It just everybody was excited. You felt like a you know a black cloud had been lifted over over the country. So we just come off the election. Uh, I think over the weekend, uh, most of the news sources had announced that Biden was going to be the winner of the presidential election. And without getting into all the politics of, of everything, there was obviously some excitement about that. And then Monday we turn around and we have the vaccine news before the markets opened that day and everything went nuts. It just all went up straight up. And I believe Disney finished the day eight or nine, eight to 10% up Berkshire Hathaway, which is a company that I own was almost 12% up for the day. Uh, Almost everything except, of course, Wells Fargo was up, <laughs> but uh, that's another conversation. That's another conversation. But I, I remember uh, Andrew and I and Andy, the other gentleman that comes on the podcast with us, we we're all texting each other back and forth, you know, throughout the day, going, "Are you seeing this? Can you believe that?" I mean, we were all super excited. It was just, it was nuts. And then the next day, everything went back down. Not as much, but still. Disney was down, I think, 3% for the day. And then a few days later, it was down another couple percent. And then today, it was down a little bit for the day, but then you got all this news about the earnings, and now it's up again. So there's just wide swings in volatility, and it if you, it can make your head spin a little bit. You think, wow, this is awesome. Investing's easy. And then the next day, oh, wow, this is hard. And it's, it's just, it's all over the place. So it's really, it's really hard to, to figure out. So Andrew, what are your thoughts about the, the volatility that we've seen over the last couple of days? I, I can, I can very, very much imagine how stressful it would be to try to time all of it. So Look at the cruise lines and the the airlines oh, yeah. as, as an example. It's was a carnival know, up like thirty percent for that day. I I don't know how how high they went up that day, but I know it's just a constant roller coaster of oh things are looking good with COVID, we're up fifteen percent. Oh, you know, by the way, things haven't changed. And what's funny to me about the cruise lines in particular is they'll get a big piece of news. Like I remember one day the CDC said, okay, they're going to push out the no sale another three months. And the stock, none of them moved. Like it, it was just so funny to me that like, I felt like that was disastrous news. Obviously it, it must've been expected because it didn't move the price much, but then you'll have another day where, Oh, it's just, you know, an- another day, just like any other. And the stock will crash down 10 10, 12%. And so you'll again see these huge moves for what seems like no logical reason. And I'll admit it does seem a bit backwards from what I'm used to in the sense that in most markets, from what I've observed, it seems to me that you'll have stocks that will crash a lot, you know, like maybe like a 5% move or a 6% move, whatever. That, that would be a pretty pretty big crash in, in normal circumstances. And then it's kind of f- followed by 
slow and steady gains up. So let's say you have a normal volatility cycle for a stock where there's an overreaction. And then when people realize that not much fundamentally changed with the business, the stock returns to where it was. And so if you look at any stock really, and it's probably no more pronounced than it is today and and in, in this year. But if you look and you take these time periods, you'll see just wild swings, but in a range where it seems like, okay, there are some fundamentals driving this where the stock's going to trade at this price because of how much it can earn in earnings or cash flows, things like that. But in the intermediate, you'll have big swings up or down. And so my point with all of that, it's backwards because right now we're seeing big up days that are very steep. And then the down days kind of seem a little less, they're a little more muted and it's usually flipped from that. So again, being an investor who's looking at this situation and trying to figure out what to do, I think the worst thing you can try to do is try to predict or time, you know, what's what's gonna be the next big move. What's give me the next great Monday that we had. At the end of the day, you really just need to step back and and understand what a company is really worth outside of of where the volatility is and so to bring it back around to the the stock i bought in november you know i i was obviously excited when it went up and it, it went up a little too fast for my taste because i couldn't i have a policy where i don't buy a stock until 24 hours after i recommend it in the e-leather because i don't want any sort of conflict of interest and so I was I was getting upset because the the stock price was running up too much before I could lock in my position. Anybody else who 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 got in, you know, I'm happy for you on that. But it went up and then it went down and now it's around where I recommended it. And so when you look at the stocks in that way, if you if you solely look at the stock because you want to see it keep up with this volatility, for the next week or month or year, then you're going to be disappointed when it goes down or you're going to get excited as it goes up and then just have your hopes dashed when it drops back down. But when you come from the perspective of, hey, by the way, I wanted to hold this because I saw a trend or I saw an outlook for this company that was more than just next week. It was more than just because you know the discussion was when are we going to get a vaccine now the discussion is going to be when are we going to be able to take it or when are we going to be able to distribute it to everybody so they can take it and then after that the discussion is going to be when are when are we going to get to a point where enough people take it where it's effective and, and so that 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 narrative will never end but if you're going to buy a stock and try to time that you're going to run into all the emotional swings that come with that volatility but if you buy a stock because you're looking out three years, four years, five years, and you like what's going to happen to that business regardless of how the stock price moves next week, then that's a much nicer place to be in. It's a great, it's a much better headspace to be in. And it helps you almost laugh at the volatility like we are 
rather than feel this turning in your gut as you see these big dollar signs go up or down. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before Nerd Wallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance is needed. 
If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Yeah, that's great advice. And I, I agree with that 100% because that really comes back to the fundamentals that we've been talking about since we started the podcast. You think about Warren Buffett and he talks a lot about buying a stock that you couldn't do anything with for three, five years. Imagine if you bought company A today and then the stock market closed and it would not reopen for another five years, would you be okay owning that company five years from now? And if you aren't happy owning it for five seconds, why would you own it for five years kind of thing? And I truly believe that. And I think that's the way that you can help combat all the volatility that we've been seeing. And I know enough about stock market history to know that when you start seeing swings like this, it usually indicates that there's something else going on. And the, I'm not saying that the market's going to crash or the market's going to go straight up. It just means when there's a lot of volatility, that just means there's a lot of uncertainty. And if you think about everything that's going on in the world right now, especially in the United States, we have the coming off an election and very contentious election, of course. And then we have the COVID hanging over everybody's head and what's going to happen with that. And as Andrew was mentioning, you know, there's excitement because we have a vaccine and it looks like it might be a great potential, but there's the issue of distributing it to it, getting everybody. And as Andrew said, getting everybody to take it so that it's effective and we can help start to beat the virus. And it's not just for here in the U S it's around the world as well. And I know that some other companies are, I think Moderna and another company announced their results today. And then I think there's a couple other ones that are going to be announcing. So there's going to be a lot more of this coming down the road here in the next probably couple of weeks to couple of months. But then we all still have to go through everything that needs to be distributed and all the efforts with all of that. So there's, there's going to be a lot of ongoing volatility. And I know there was some, uh, I guess, heartache or heartburn uh, about some of the stocks that were being traded uh, on Monday that were more COVID related. And in particular, two that that I remember, one was Zoom. Uh, the Zoom was down, I believe, 20% for that day. And there were a lot of people very upset about that. And as somebody very astutely pointed out, the company was still like 240% up for the year. So it wasn't sign of panic, but I think people were realizing that maybe some of these companies, when you're thinking about investing, as Andrew was talking about thinking three, five years down the road, when you think about some of the companies that have really benefited from, from what's happened with COVID, a perfect example is somebody like a Kroger or a Walmart. They have definitely benefited from this because of the strength of the grocery sector of their sales 
they've definitely been impacted because for a while they were really one of the only places a lot of us could go. And so that benefited them greatly. And that's why even the company was saying, Walmart was saying, Hey, look, these are great numbers, but don't expect this. You know, this is not going to continue. And my point with all that is, is that when we're investing and we're buying these companies, we have to sometimes look beyond just the end of our nose, so to speak, and think about a little bit farther down the road and how do we anticipate that that company is going to be. And I feel for the people that that invest in airlines and believe in the airlines because trying to invest in that in that business is got to be nerve wracking because of the the ups and downs that that industry has gone through even before covid and it's it's just very volatile and you got to have a strong stomach to play in that in that in that field for sure and i don't so i don't uh, banks are boring <laughs> and i don't mind investing in them but uh they're boring so there's there's generally not as much uh, volatility in those so it helps me sleep a little bit better at night but uh but they're also not going to make, you know, bazillions of dollars in a week either. So there is that. But I guess my point with all this is that thinking about investing during times like this is always coming back to what is your plan? What do you want to do? What is your goals? And what kinds of companies are you looking to buy that are not going to give you heartburn every time you look at it because it's so up or so down? Uh, the euphoria that you feel on a day where everything is just going through the roof is amazing. It really is. But then the depression that you can feel that we all remember back from March wasn't that long ago that things are crashing and you just feel like the world is ending. So trying to keep an open mind and keeping an even keel when you're thinking about these things will help you in a long run. But I think really it comes back to having a plan, working your plan and really kind of knowing why it is you're buying the company that you're buying. Because again, remember, we're not just buying a little ticker or a little stock symbol on on an app on a phone. We're actually buying a company. And the, the results that that company produces is really what leads to the value of the company, not what some talking head on TV says or what we see some squiggly lines tell us on on a on a piece of paper or on a computer screen. So I guess that's my thought on that part of it. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a, a an example, a tangible example of this. So going back to the stock I recommended in November, it was based on something that I saw developing over the long term. And it's not some big secret. I've talked about it before on the show. I've talked about it on the e-leather multiple times. There is a big boom in residential real estate right now. And I believe it's for bigger reasons than just because people are freaking out because of COVID. Now, whether that's the truth or not is maybe where the debate starts and where the discrepancies in opinion happen. And then, you know, either that's going to be a potential for gain because if not everybody believes in something, then they'll pro- they're probably underpricing it. So either that's the one thing or the other possibility, very real possibility. I'm just completely wrong on it. And it was just a COVID thing. And that's fine too. So that, so that's, so. We have this this theme if we wanna if we wanna look at like a secular theme 
not to say that every investment needs to have one, but it's it makes for a good illustration and it it, it can be very relevant for certain companies. So we have this theme. We have record low interest rates. We have personal balance sheets that are very, very well and a pretty healthy job market. If you look at the job report numbers, unemployment, temporary versus permanent, and the, the, those things, the, the economic data, you have this, this, this thing that's going on. And so there's going to be all of these sorts of effects that, that happen along the way as because as one industry booms, all the other industries that support that industry will also boom. So any of the suppliers, vendors that are helping this industry, think about builders, materials, everything that feeds into that. And then on the other side of it, if you have residential, then you have things that people need to buy after they become homeowners. So that's about as close of a hint as I'll give. And it's not really a company that hardly anybody on Wall Street even is looking at. So I'm not too worried about giving it away. But that's kind of the idea. And then when I look at the financials of this company, in the very short term, they've had decent growth. They've had acquisitions that they've made that we can see the numbers and we can see those numbers play into their recent financials. I know what the debt situation is. So I know that they're not going to go out of they're not going to go into bankruptcy in the next three, four, five years. So I know that that's taken care of. I know that they've historically been able to earn a certain amount of profits. And I know that from the acquisitions that they made in 2017 um, and rolled into 2018, 2019, and they had another acquisition in 2016. So that helped them to grow those profits. I know how much those grew. And I also know that the, the brands that they brought into their umbrella from those acquisitions and how those will help power growth moving forward. Knowing all those factors and knowing what those numbers are and knowing how to interpret it is how I come up with my my value, how I'm thinking about this company, how much I think it's worth. And so if the stock market goes down and this stock goes down in three months, I'm looking at it again. If, if I'm happy with what happens with their earnings and if the stock's gone down, well, why not buy more? And so that's the, that's the mindset that you have, but you can only arrive there if you've done this. Number one, you need to make sure that the company is safe. It has a margin of safety emphasis on the safety. So the business itself is safe. And then number two, we have growth with the business. So the business has shown that it can grow. And then we have looking into the future, you can see that there is growth that's likely to happen on the horizon. And so in this particular case with this company, it's the the residential boom will help feed their growth. And then the last piece of all of that is the margin of safety as it relates to how much you're going to pay for it. So as long as you're paying a fair price based on how you measure what it's worth based on those profit numbers, those growth numbers, and their ability to maintain that growth, that's how you come up with where you feel a company should be. And that's that, that again, puts you in the right headspace towards holding a company when the stock goes down 
and or buying more of it when it goes down, as long as you've checked to make sure that your your reasoning for buying is still there. That's a perfect illustration. And I agree with all those things. I think that's the ideal way to, to think about investing in a company and having, I guess, a plan. And a thing that I have adopted over the last year or so is starting to create a a diary. It's not really a, like a physical diary. I basically just have a Word document that I write a very short thesis on why I buy a company. And then I save it on my computer. And then whenever I have questions about the company or I start to have doubts, I just look back at that thesis and try to think about is the reason I bought this company at that time, has that really fundamentally changed? Is there anything drastically different going on with the company now that would cause me to want to not own it anymore? And I guess I liken it to buying a guitar. Uh, All my guitars are kind of sacred to me. And if I'm going to sell them, there has to be a really darn good reason why I'm going to sell the guitar. And I guess I kind of feel the same about investing in a company. And I'll give you an example. I bought I bought a company and uh, I bought it, oh gosh, it was around October of last year. And it's a company that I had wanted for a long time. And I bought some and it immediately went down. <laughs> Like literally the day after I bought it, it it dropped in price and it continued to fall a little bit every day. And at one point it was down, I believe, almost 15 to 20%. But every, and keep in mind during that time, there was no earnings reports. There was no news. It just was a matter of, it was an industry that people didn't look highly upon and the person running the company, they kind of felt like was over the hill. And there was just a lot of negativity around the company for really no real reason. And then the next earnings report came out. It was good. It wasn't awesome, but it was good. And the stock went up a little bit and then COVID hit and it fell even more. And so I thought, well, you know, nothing has really changed. So I bought more of the company and brought my cost basis down from what I had bought it from originally. And to me, everything still was in good shape. And flash forward to today, almost a year later, after, after dropping almost 15 to 20% at one point, it's now up almost 8 or 9% since that point. And my point with that being is, is that I could have panicked when I started seeing that the company was doing poorly in the stock market. But in my head, I was thinking that nothing has really changed. And I I still believe in the company. I still believe in the people running the company and their business and what they're trying to do. And I just felt like that this was something I needed to stick with. And I would remind myself of why I bought the company whenever I would look at it on my stock ticker and think, oh, geez, <laughs> it's down again. Oh, what am I doing here? But then I would you know, think beyond the emotional part of seeing that negative number and seeing something in my head that was it was more valuable than what was being valued at in the stock market today at that point. So eventually it it's you know it's rebounded since then and I feel good about the company going forward and I think it will be end up being a, a good investment for a long time. But 
uh, my point with all that is is that you're going to get fed a lot of negativity and you're going to get fed a lot of uncertainty and volatility and a lot of emotion. If you watch the news, if you go on social media, you're going to get bombarded with that stuff. And I think you have to look no farther than the election to see the stirring of emotions that those things can bring on people. And my point with all that is that all the ideas that Andrew was talking about, some of the ideas that I'm talking about, those are things that can help you through the volatility as we are going to see going forward, we're going to see more volatility. It's just, it's going to come and it's part of investing in a stock market. And really you have to think about, you have to keep in mind why it is you bought the company. Volatility is part of the game. And as long as you're buying a company that's not going to go bankrupt, you're going to do well in the long run if you just stick with it and believe with in what you're doing and why you bought that company. And if you if you've done the work and you understand the company, you will do well. And I think that's really what it comes down to. I I I think so too. I like to think about a stock I had. So I have a a lumber stock and it was one of the better performers for me near the end of 2019. And from that time until the COVID crash, it wiped out pretty much all the gains I had in that stock. And we're talking about like two years of, of really good gains and then, you know, just wiping it out. And so looking back at it with hindsight, now you can look at that and say, well, you know, yeah, that was just the COVID crash and we've recovered. And so whatever. Right. But there, there, there are some emotions that if you let, those emotions creep into your mind that they're going to mess with, with the way that you look at your portfolio. And as much as it's good to hear and, and, and talk about it, it, it can feel that way where you'll look at a stock and if you see it even flat and if you've held it for years and you see zero gain, regardless of what it's done over the past two, three, four years, at a point of maximum volatility, of maximum loss or wherever that is, you get a feeling in your gut where you think, man, I just wasted all my time with this investment. But the, that's not the truth at all because those same stocks that crash down so hard, you, you often see them rebound up. And so some of them don't rebound up. And, and so if you see a stock and it's barreling down because the business has deteriorated, those are the ones that you want to stay away from from the onset. And so again, what a stock price is showing you and what it's showing you in your portfolio does not tell you what the reality is in any given day because however the volatility is taking you can put you into this snapshot. But eventually, like the, that great quote from Benjamin Graham, right? In, in the short term, the stock market is a voting machine. In the long term, it's a weighing machine. So when you see a stock get beaten down way, way irrationally, because when you know it's it's just not trading where it's really worth, and so you see that negative volatility, event, that's just a voting machine. Eventually, it will go back to where it was on the weighing machines, why you'll see those tend to tend to bounce up again. So I think if if you're if you have that conviction, if you listen to what Dave's telling you about 
giving yourself reminders about why you buy a stock and constantly reminding yourself. I think it, I think a, a journal or diaries is a fantastic way to do that. It helps you get past these negative thoughts and doubts that can come with when you see a stock that you own go down. And that's really the key. I love the illustration of thinking of it like a precious guitar. Warren Buffett has a similar thing. He says, a punch card where you only have 20 punches. The the reason for the those ideas is that's how you can really compound wealth in the best way. And that's the way that these stocks worth because you you've seen it. I mean, who's who's going to pick the next Zoom? Who's going to pick the next um, ten bagger or the next two hundred and fifty percent stock? I don't know. the The reality of it is, is if you want to make money at this over the long term, consistently, reliably, you have to let those stocks do the work for you. And all along the way, it's going to be a rough ride. There's going to be a lot of volatility, and that's just the facts. And so. If you're always selling out at the lowest volatility because you're uh, you're letting the voting and the emotions tell you what your how you make up your mind about a stock, then it's gonna you're not gonna get the kind of rewards that you should get from stocks because it should feel like you're selling your precious guitar to get rid of it, and it should feel like as long as the business isn't isn't really it sh- it should it should feel like you're selling your precious guitar and it should be something you hold over the very long term and it should be something you hold over volatility and so doing that i think is the best chance that the average investor has at having great returns in the stock market that's very very well said All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our conversation for this evening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about trading volatility with the vaccine. So there's a lot of stuff in there to unpack, and there's a lot of things in there in our conversation that can definitely help you through these turbulent times. So please uh, be mindful of all those things, and uh, good luck with everything. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.